Is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. So a uh, couple of uh, topics that are uh, floating around the world of the NFL, which, by the way, the Super Bowl is coming up uh, a little over a week from now, if anybody cares. Uh, so that'll be happening. But um, the uh, the Brian Flores saga is continuing on. We talked about just sort of the implications and uh, just, you know, the, the racial impact that it's having and those conversations that have gone on. Uh, the other portion of this is the uh, claims that Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, uh, was offering him $100,000 for losses back in 2019. Uh, reports say that uh, there is proof of this. Stephen Ross has denied it, so we wait to see how that all plays out. And then Hugh Jackson, uh, the former Browns head coach, uh, he alluded to being rewarded for losses while in Cleveland, which if that's the case, he's probably a multi, 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 multi-billionaire at this point because they did a lot of losing. And uh, Hugh Jackson was on uh, ESPN yesterday talking about his claim specifically. I wasn't offered $100,000 for every game, but there was a substantial amount of money made within, you know, what happened in the situation every year at the end of it. No coach takes a job to lose, and I think people understand that. You take jobs to win, your contract says wins, so you don't get paid for losing. And then here I am after being 1-31, in I'm kept the third year and given a contract extension that nobody knew. So that should tell everybody something right there. Why do you keep a coach who's 1-31 in when your track record has been to get rid of coaches? How, how does that support, though, racism? I, I, it does. Doesn't that counter? Doesn't that actually be counter to that? Is it if, if, it, if you were so bad where you went, what, 1-31, in that then you got an extension? I I just I don't but I wonder is there a confusion over being rewarded for I think losses? there's a little I think there's a little bit of confusion to everything that's out there. There's there's the discussion point of being rewarded for for throwing games, losing games. Yeah, which there's, guys, it's a bribe. Let's call it what it is. That that's what the legal term is for it. And, and so if he's saying he's being bribed and do signing up for what he initially signed for. Because that's where he contradicts himself. Everyone knew when Paul D. Podesta got hired by the Cleveland Browns, the direction they were going to go. And Hugh Jackson signed up for that. The, all those guys who were a part of that signed up for that. They were going to tank, accumulate draft picks, and build up their salary cap space. That's what they did. And it was so they then could you know, get to a point where they were competitive like we saw a year ago and even this year to a degree. The, the reality is Hugh Jackson signed up for that. He couldn't have ended up you know, being hired for that job and listening to them have this plan and not go, well, I don't want to be a part of this. I mean, he signed up for it. So I don't really understand how him saying that he got an extension after going through that, but then subsequently got fired how that proves anything. It almost contradicts what he's trying to say. Well, I, I think he proves the point of confirmation take, take, of taking that. Taking a bribe? Yeah, but that's... Because <laughs> he, he took it? Yeah, I mean, but again, to me, racism, the, the idea of racism would have been to get rid of him after one of those seasons, after maybe even the first season of of losing and and basically moving on from him for for him doing what they wanted him to do. That's... That's the epitome of what you would say is racism. But if you're saying that 
you gave me three more years like and an extension to lose these games, then that isn't racism. That's you supported the plan. Y'all had a plan. You executed the plan. You were rewarded for executing the plan. So I don't – again, I think that him coming out and being supportive of the claim that Flores made, I don't think that, that Hugh was definite or, or making it a point about – it being all about racism, I think he was looking at it from the practices approach of of how some of these things are done. Sometimes it's just more about creating the validity of it versus trying to to totally match all of it together. It, I would assume. It do, okay, not or even, otherwise. Why come out and even say it? Because it is. If you're trying to claim it's racism and you're you're supportive of what Flores is saying, that is a, a crazy contradiction. We, we all acknowledge that, that teams tank, right? I, I, and I don't know if tank's the right word, but we acknowledge that teams maybe aren't focused on the present, but they're focused on the future. And, and I think that's where then you have to sort of dis, decide what were they doing that was impacting the future. If if Hugh Jackson made mention of this in his interview where he said, you know, we had the youngest roster in the NFL. I don't know how having the youngest roster in the NFL means equates to wins. Well, maybe they were trying to cut cap to your point, Brady, and try and get rid of all the contracts, tear it all down, and build it back up. I, I don't know that, like, him being given a contract because they're showing patience in him, even though they're 1-31, in I don't know how that's considered – a bribe. I, I don't know. I don't know how you make that because if that's the case, I wonder how many other organizations around, not just the NFL, the world of sports, could say, "Oh yeah, well, apparently I was given a bribe because I was still paid my full contract and then given an extra year because we were a bad team." I don't. I don't understand. Well, it's the exact opposite of what happened with Brian Flores. If if the accusation or the allegation is that Brian Flores wouldn't tank in his first year, they didn't get Joe Burrow, they got a quarterback that. You know, Chris Greer still wanted, or Stephen Ross still wanted, and he wasn't comfortable with, which how he handled him, meaning him and Tua, you know, his rookie year, this, this past season, it makes a lot of sense if you connect the dots, how he handled that whole situation. But if he's claiming he got fired because of that, and if he had a fallout with Stephen Ross because of not taking the bribe, not tanking, it's the exact opposite then of what Hugh Jackson's claiming in his clip. Because he got the extension. Now, he eventually got fired or got canned. But it seemed like there was a lot of other infighting and things going on between him, Greg Williams, and, and all the other parties Well, because Greg wanted the job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's be clear about that. <laughs> Greg wanted the job. Right. So, uh, and, and, and the situation with, with Hugh, I mean, at some point you got to start winning. I mean, and and they they you know they did not start to win while he was there. Again, I think he was just trying to confirm that. Well, from my perspective, it's happened with me. But you can't take what you said and turn that into this. Now confirms that racism was involved, and I think that that's the original point here. And and so if you're using if you're using this admission of of what what took place from from coach Jackson then you're using it purely to prove the point that it does happen so if you're using that as your proof uh in your case but again now it still comes back to for me and I'll continue to say this what do you hope like 
them reporting that this is he's a fighter, he's going to fight it, like he could have just took the money and, and walked away, this, that, and the other. What is your ultimate end? What is your ultimate goal in this? Because I'm still not clear. Like if you get that settlement, if you get a payday off of this, was that what it was worth? Is that is that is that ultimately what you wanted? Is to be compensated for how you felt you were treated and how things were handled? Because that's you're you're suing for a reward. You're you you want to be awarded for what took place. So is that your ultimate end? Because to me, I just feel like there are there are blurred lines in terms of the approach to all of this. And and I would just like to understand where it's coming from. That's that's all. Like, what is your ultimate end from the uh, the bribe, as, as we can call it? That apparently Brian Flores says that he has proof of that Stephen Ross was offering him a hundred thousand dollars, even if he was offering him a hundred thousand dollars to lose games. All right, as players, I mean, you're you're not going to go out there and just half-ass it to lose a bunch of games because there's no guarantees you're going to get be back next season. There's no guarantees as players you're going to get any of that hundred thousand right. dollars. So even if he like even if he does offer him a hundred thousand dollars to lose games, how can that impact whether or not a team wins or loses games? I still think no, the- it's it, it's a valid point. However, it doesn't matter when it comes down to whether or not a, a court, an arbiter, a, a judge, or someone would see it as bribery. Right. It doesn't have to be successful in order for it to be considered a bribe. And that's the problem with this. Is it, it still breaks a law if there's intent there. And if there's documentation of that intent, whether it's correspondence, text messages, as I believe we heard, or an, an eyewitness account that'll speak on the record, then it doesn't matter. As, as long as they have evidence to prove this, you then look at it being a bribery charge, which becomes a bigger issue. So I, I understand what you're saying because that was my first thought was, well, as a player, I don't give a crap if my coach is you know, telling me to tag. Right. I can't <laughs> afford to do that. Right. Because the reality is if you're a bad football team, not only is he not going to have a job next year, you might not either. <laughs> so you've got to play well enough. But the, the truth is it doesn't matter when it comes to the, the legalities of what this bribe would essentially mean for Stephen Ross or potentially Jimmy Haslam, even though, again, n- none of what Hugh Jackson's saying really makes sense in regards to – Helping you know, his case. Yeah. I mean, I mean definitively helping It almost his case. contradicts uh, what happened with Flores and his experience as compared to Hughes. Yeah, I mean, because he's trying to make it seem like it was – racism that played a part in why he was being told to tank. I mean, if I'm trying to interpret it the way that he's try, it's trying to be presented, right? Is is would that be would that be safe to assume yeah. that you're trying to you're trying to make it appear that racism like him being a black coach is why they wanted to tank games. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's 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 what it is. And right? then, and then, if we go down that road, Gus Bradley was kept around in Jacksonville for a long time, and they were awful, and they were bad and bad and bad, and he kept coming back and kept coming back, and finally, Jacksonville decided, all right, similar with Hugh Jackson, at some point, we we got a lot of top draft picks here, we got to start winning games, and then he was out the door. So yeah, I I don't think. If anything, Hugh Jackson sort of made it a little bit more confusing and, and kind of smeared. Confusing. Yeah, he smeared you, it everywhere. You confirm what what Flores is saying to be true, but you're basically going, you're contradicting or or going against 
the fact that, all right, well, they didn't get rid of me. In fact, they rewarded me yeah. with an extension. Steve Wilkes in Arizona is an interesting one because he was there a year and it wasn't an ideal situation. And he, you know, Josh Rosen was a rookie quarterback and they gave him a year and 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 fired him and then brought in Cliff Kingsbury and drafted Kyler Murray. So if that's there an were any one. coach out there right now that could claim they felt like there was racism involved with how they were treated and handled in the situation, it'd be Kali. Like to me, yeah, he would be the one that you would say, I would like to know what he has to say because you were put in the worst scenario that a, a first-time head coach could be put in. And that's an organization with that in its background. You tried yeah. your darndest to try to figure this thing out with, with what they gave you, and, and you were rewarded rewarded with being fired. Yeah. That could be, to me, I would be interested in what his experience was, but – with this Flores situation, again, because it's the racial card, people are going to listen and, and it's going to be entertained and it's going to be vetted out. I'm interested to see how far it goes and what the ultimate end is because it's just not clear. It's not clear. It's kind of all over the place if you ask me. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Uh, coming up in, uh, we'll call it less than 10 minutes from now, uh, we're going to ask one of the uh, biggest questions this week uh, in the world of NFL and college football. It's a very, very important question, but we're going to ask somebody who's an expert here on the air. So that'll be coming up uh, 10 minutes from now uh, on FSR. So we talked about the, uh, the Jim Harbaugh saga earlier in the show, just sort of the whatever the hell is happening where Jim Harbaugh was reportedly, and there were reports out there uh, based out of, I think it was the Wolverine.com uh, or uh, Ann Arbor.net or one of those uh, uh, fan sites out there where Jim Harbaugh was going to Minnesota. Uh, he was, uh, it's basically a foregone conclusion. He was going to sign with the Vikings and be their new head coach. Uh, as it turns out, that was not the case. Uh, other reports came out and said there was a maybe some confusion about whether or not Harbaugh was uh, thinking he already had the job. Minnesota uh, apparently didn't offer him the job, and so he left there and then told Michigan uh, that he was going back there. He was not taking the Minnesota Vikings job. So the question is, was it the right move? If the job was offered to Jim Harbaugh, did he make the right move going back to Michigan, or should he have taken the Minnesota Vikings job? What is the right move in your guys' mind for Jim Harbaugh? What would be the smart move? Going back to Michigan. I don't really know how you could compare the two not knowing, you know, what's behind the closed doors. I mean, I don't know what was what? being offered or talked about in Minnesota. <laughs> All things and equal. That's why, well, but that's why going back to Michigan is, is the right answer is because we don't know all of the information as to why he chose to close that door. Yeah, but you don't know if he's going to receive any additional benefits or reassurances from Michigan. That's what I wonder, because I haven't seen that anywhere, that they bumped his but pay he at all. Cho- but he chose to go back to Michigan. He didn't take the job in Minnesota. Well, no, 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 no. There's a, a theory that whatever happened at, yesterday afternoon, that maybe it was the Vikings who said, okay, let's you know kind of go our separate ways. And Harbaugh got word out first that he wasn't going there, so it wouldn't look like he got turned down since it was so public he was meeting with them. 
So I, I don't think you should go and say, well, he chose Michigan because I don't know that that's necessarily true. Uh, I, I think, you know, there was, there was an opportunity there and at some point it broke apart for whatever reason. But the reality is this is a day and age now where you look at the NIL and the competition and recruiting. And look, we, we know Ohio State is going to put a, a bunch of resources and assets into it. You know, they've been outward about it. Some of their alumni have been outward about it. We haven't heard quite as much from Michigan. Now, they do have a thing called Valiant where their, their players can go and make money for their NIL, you know, from that. But, you know, it doesn't sound like it compares as well as what Ohio State has or even some of these SEC schools, whether Jimbo Fisher wants to admit it or not. The, the whole thing is just weird how it all played out because it, uh, people thought Minnesota was weird. Now, there was the relationship that he that he had with Adolfo Mensa, the uh, GM in Minnesota, from his time in San Francisco, but it seemed like it, it came out of nowhere. And the fact that Minnesota already had somebody – in line and that report came out right after the the Harbaugh stuff the fact that you know uh, Kevin O'Connell is basically the guy that's reportedly going to get hired after the Rams Super Bowl the Rams offensive coordinator leads me to believe that maybe Minnesota was like uh we're not quite sure we'll take the interview we'll sit with him we'll talk with him but it, it just there's something that doesn't add up through the so, whole thing so you're saying they might have already been feeling like they're going to hire someone else before they did the interview like, with like, like I want to make sure you're clear on this. Yeah. If you and Brady want to weigh in on that. So what you're saying is there's a possibility, there's there a goes. strong possibility that they may already have a coach that they really, really want over over Harb Harbaugh. That's yeah. that's what you're just saying? Yeah. Is that possible, Brady? Uh yeah. Yeah, that's you possible. Can make that case. Yeah. So okay. I mean, All right. So what, what are you getting at there? What well, you maybe we should hit the racist button. I know. Geez. Maybe maybe they're being racist well, I mean, against yeah. Harbaugh in this mo- moment because they're. I mean, it's a sham of <laughs> a, Yeah. There we go. It's a sham of of an interview if they already have someone that what? they feel like they want to hire already. Can, can I, not, not obviously we're still on the Flores topic and, and this discussion. One of the things I didn't really understand about all this is is Patrick Graham, who's the defensive coordinator, the coordinator with the you know New York Giants, who was also up for the Vikings job, along with uh, Raheem Morris as the other uh, minority candidate. Um, he had already satisfied the Rooney Rule for the New York Giants. So he interviewed, if I'm not mistaken, reportedly interviewed on the 26th of January. So one of the details of all this that I don't really understand and I'm not sure anyone's talked about was if, if it was just Brian Flores going up to satisfy the Rooney rule, and I believe his interview was on Thursday, which would have been, I think is that the 27th? His second interview. Sure. Yeah. But, but I guess the point is, is why would you interview Patrick Graham? Or why, you know, why would you take the time to interview him a second time unless there was legitimate interest. I know there's a text message from Bill Belichick, but you know that doesn't necessarily mean that they told Bill Brian Dable was for sure getting the job. He just might have been the one that they talked to about and vetted about when they were going through their research of the candidates. I mean, you know, maybe they didn't need to go to Bill Belichick to vet Brian Flores. Maybe they felt like they had enough on him or whatever the case may have been. Like That's one of the things I don't really understand is we, you know, people were kind of acting like it was only Brian Flores as a minority candidate for the Giants job. That, that's, that's not the truth. That's not the case. And also from a sham interview standpoint, if they already knew they were hiring Brian Dayball, then shouldn't Dan Quinn feel like he got shammed? 
Because he also. Well, I, I, I could care less about that. You said that yesterday. The okay. other thing is, Thanks, if you're man. Brian Flores and you knew that and you thought that was it was a sham, why would you go? That's the thing to me. If you're a man of principle, you're saying you're a man of principle. Why? Why even go take the interview if you feel like it's a sham or you feel you know humiliated and and all the other terms that were used? My whole thing is again the reason why I just pointed that out to to. You know, to you, Jonas, and to you, Brady, is I just found that to be interesting. If you're listening to what you're saying, you go take the interview because it's not over until it's over. It's not done until it's done. I think we just uh, experienced that with with Harbaugh. <laughs> so it's not on. over so, until so, it's over. So is is the Houston job and the New Orleans job? Who I think Brian Flores is up for both. Is that still in, in the mix here? You can't, I, I can't assume. Suing him? There's no way you could assume that those jobs would still be in the mix. There's no way. Like what? Now he's going to get announced as the, the new head coach of the Houston Texans while suing the National Football League over discrimination and racism uh, in terms of the hiring process. I, I can't see how that would work out. But again, the idea of taking an interview and being a part of the interviewing process and trying to get a gig, it comes down to this. You keep putting your best foot forward until they tell you you have the job or somebody else got it. That's how it works in the workforce. You put your best foot forward. You guys did how many years of radio? Five on the uh, weekends yeah. until yeah. you got to this point? Yeah. I did weekends. I didn't have a weekday show. I did weekends. I put my hat in into the conversation of I love to work with with guys like Brady and Jonas. I, I put my hat in there. I'm going to put my best foot forward. If they told me, nah, we're going to go with Brady and, and Jonas, That's we feel good about that, that doesn't mean that I got to jump off into all of these wild tangents. They might say, you know what? They've put five years in together. They've put the time in. We trust them. They have a great chemistry. I mean, there were a lot of questions coming into doing our show. Like, what's their chemistry going to be like? How is the show going to sound? What does this look like, right? The bottom line is we got an opportunity to do it, and we're doing it. Now we we were, we have a morning show, and we make, make it work. If, if one of us doesn't get chosen for the job, it doesn't necessarily have to be anything else other than the simple reality of they wanted somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the bottom line is when, when I met my chick and I thought for two, for, 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 well, more than two minutes, but I just didn't think that I was her type of guy. Right. I shot my shot. Couldn't believe it worked. Still, to this day, don't believe that it worked, but it did. And you know what? I was chosen for the job. If she went in a different direction, if her personal preferences did not fit or match what I represented or what I brought to the table, all I can do is accept that that's what the situation called for and continue to to look for opportunities where I can put my best foot forward again. Last I checked, that's what you call the American <laughs> way. That, that's you get you have an opportunity to take it and do it somewhere else. They may have done Brian Flores a favor. There's a possibility them not choosing him and wanting him is not about humiliating him. It's not about making it racial 
in in essence, it's about them doing you a favor because maybe the situation they were bringing you in wasn't going to be the best situation for you anyway. So focus in on where the best situation for you is going to be at that moment in time. That's now in your rear view. That's now under the bridge. If they didn't want you, they didn't want you. You're not going to go just, why, why am I go running around? They didn't want me. There's a problem. Like, nah, bruh. It, it's, it's not always, it's not always, it doesn't always play out that way. It, it seems like the Belichick text was really, and he made, made mention of it, that it really, it was humiliating that Belichick thought he was, you know, talking to Brian Dayball. So you but can't make Brian. a mistake that it's Brian, it's Brian Flores. Oh, like, you mean, can't make the mistake. Look, we interviewed this true story. I was filling in for Doug Gottlieb on a show and Isaiah Thomas was one of the guests and he came on the air and said, oh, Uh, I thought I was going to be talking to Doug Gottlieb. And I said, yeah, we thought we were going to be talking to... I was like, yeah, well, we thought we were going to be talking to Joe Dumars. So it's like, <laughs> I, I'm just like, it's like, it happens sometimes. People make mistakes, but I, I don't know that it's the most ins- for you. It, it, insulting thing in the world that, uh, very, well, I mean, I mean very come on. Ill-advised. You know. but, like, I mean, uh, well, he comes on the air and basically humiliates us. I mean, good point. I'd rather talk to Doug anyways. But like the, the idea that because he confused Brian's in his phone that all of a sudden it goes in this direction. Like that felt like it really was You don't have to be that sensitive. I mean, that's the thing about it. You don't have to be, if he made the mistake, Oh, that's my bad. (laughs) Like you made the mistake. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be any, there's so like when it really matters, it really matters. Like when it's really prejudice and it's racism and it it happens, and it's it's happening in a very very malicious way. It's happening, and it should be addressed. But that isn't always what it is. I'm sorry, like I'm always shoot from the hip. That isn't always what it is, and and sometimes to get the impact that you're seeking, if you're one that that really really lives for social change. And, and improvement and and getting ahead, you gotta understand that there. If you're looking at every single thing and calling it this and calling it that, you take away the impact of when it really is that. So I'm not saying that this isn't what it really is for Flores, because I don't know his scenario from from what I know. But if I'm looking at it from the standpoint of in the total whole of everything that that takes place in terms of workplace environment and how it's treated and how you hire and how you go about race relations and different things like that. We have to be, and when I say we, we as, as, as minorities, we have to be aware of, of when and where and how this all works as well. We have to educate ourselves on how the game works as well. You got to play the game to win. So if you're going to put something out there like that, just make sure and maybe it's going to come out. Just maybe, like you said earlier, Brady, he he's taking this to court. He must have some type of information. Maybe that information is going to come out. I just hope for the sake of how this represents minority communities that it is what he's saying it is because that makes it that much more difficult, not just on him, it makes it that much more difficult on other minorities. Right. So I, that's that's the idea of it. I, I do think it's going to be interesting, though, to see, you know, what other coaches would join in on the class action lawsuit. And, and partly because, again, Hugh Jackson's been very outspoken about his time in Cleveland. 
And, and I just wonder if they're going to be like, no, man, you actually are kind of contradicting what we're trying to say here. Like, you know, what, which, what, what occurred there, what happened actually is contradicting our point. Like Brian ended up getting fired because you wouldn't comply with that strategy, you know, to, to tank or take that bribe. You actually took it, at least admittedly. And we're awarded. Right. And we're, and so, we're rewarded. So, so I do wonder if they're like, no, man, like that's that's going to mess this whole thing up. Like, we appreciate you being outspoken about it, but we're, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have to go a different direction. It's out there now. You, you know what's so funny about the Brian Flores thing, too, when people go, my God, he was the best coach the Dolphins had had and blah, blah. It's like, dude, he had literally the exact, almost virtually the exact same record as Adam Gase, except Gase went to the playoffs. Like, so like, let's, like, let's not pretend like all of a sudden, you know, he was Vince Lombardi and he got canned. Like, come on. I mean, it, it, it wasn't like they were this great football team. I mean, they were one in seven. They started the year. It's like, you know, there, there's, there's a lot more to it. I, I mean, look, there is something to be said for the way that they did fight back. But yeah, he, it, it's funny you say that he finished up 24 and 25. Adam Gase's record there was 23 and 25. Yeah. And Joe Philbin was right around the same record before those guys. So it's not like this is just all of a sudden, oh, this is the first time they've ever fired a coach like this. No, we've, like, this has happened. Like, this is what Stephen Ross has done. Joe Philbin, 24 and 28. It's just like the same thing. Like, yeah. so, but, you know, hey, whatever. Uh, two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. We're going to have the BQ News coming up next for all the latest yes. open around the world of sports. Ladies and gentlemen, come on. Edmund Effing Garcia. That's a bit weird, man. It's uh, very, very awkward. It is. It's it's odd. It's just very, very disturbing. Is it more awkward than the Brian Kelly dancing video? (laughs) Mm, I'm going to say no. I I don't know. This was up there. It's close. (laughs) Two guys trying to stand on a waiter's tray at the same time. You know, a little Brian Kelly video. Like, why not? Yeah, get get behind him, Brian. Make some noises and gestures and gyrations and lose your recruit. Dynamite job. Sorry, yeah, Eddie. Was, no, that was bad. Jeez. <laughs> that was bad. Uh, news from the NFL where former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores did multiple TV interviews on Wednesday reiterating his allegation that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 for each game that the team lost in 2019. Ross released a statement late Wednesday calling the allegations false, malicious, and defamatory. He promised to do, defend his personal integrity as, well, integrity as well as that of the organization. Former Cleveland Browns head coach Hugh Jackson claims that the team had a four-year plan that incentivized losing when he coached there from 2016 to 2018. The Browns released a statement calling Jackson's claims completely fabricated. Minnesota Vikings are reportedly planning to hire Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell as their next head coach. A deal with him cannot be completed until after the Rams play in the Super Bowl. Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh interviewed for that job on Wednesday, but he is returning to coach the Wolverines. NBA games of note. Wizards surprised the Sixers 106-103. to Jazz over the Nuggets 108-104. The Kings down the Nets 112-104. 101. Lakers get by the Trailblazers 99-94. And the Grizzlies knock off the Knicks 120-108. College basketball number 11. Ellen, I'm thinking no, about the player's what? name. Oh. Damn Roberto. What's I his know, name? Thank you, Roberto. Yeah, damn You're Roberto. welcome. Uh, number 18, Coburn. Illinois beat number uh, that word in 11, your Wisconsin. Bit, right? 80-67. Huh? Help me out, LeVar. I'm huh? trying to get through this. I know. Uh, number sorry. 24, Marquette beat number 12, Villanova, 83-73. Roberto, this is all your fault. Uh, also wins for number 4, Purdue, number 5, Kentucky, 6th ranked Houston, and number 21, Xavier. 
And now, back to LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas yeah. Knox in the Fox Sports Radio studio. By the way, LeVar yeah. is a horrible human being. Uh, if anybody's... Edmund is my guy. It's like if, somebody, if somebody's guy. drowning, LeVar's going to throw him a cinder block. No, like not, no, that's no. not true. I jumped in with him. <laughs> he, he understood what I was doing. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it was good. Oh, man. Uh, all right, it is... Yeah, and, uh, and Roberto was silent. It's... Uh, <laughs> Coburn, and he's a really good player. Uh, yes. It is uh, two pros that come to Joe here Fox Sports Radio. Uh, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here. Coming up next, it is the BQ News as we put a bow on this bad boy. It's yours here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Name, image, likeness has been a uh, topic of conversation for several months. Uh, Everybody is spend, spend, spend. Uh, And then now we uh, we are hearing some uh, some conversations about some coaches and teams and programs that have a little bit of an advantage over others. And so this sort of uh, sparked because Nick Saban and some others have made some comments about, you know, maybe we need to do something here. You know, this feels like we're kind of it's kind of getting out of control and all this. And and then you had Lane Kiffin, uh, the Ole Miss head coach, uh, who had this to say from earlier in the week. So we're going to listen to Lane Kiffin, and then we're going to hear somebody else in the SEC who had some comments on it. But first, let's hear from Lane Kiffin. We don't have the same funding resources as some of these schools do for these NIL deals. And so it's basically like dealing with different salary caps. We now have a sport that has completely different salary caps. And some of these schools are, you know, whatever, five, ten times more than everybody else of what they can pay the players. So I know nobody uses those phrases, but that is what it is. In free agency in the NFL, players usually go to the most money. Every once in a while they they don't because they already have a bunch of money. Well, these kids are 17, 18 years old. They're going to go to where they're paid the most. I'm not complaining. It just is what it is. It's a Whenever there's things created, there's a lot of times problems people didn't think about, you know, and so you just legalize paying players what people used to cheat. So that was a uh, Lane Kiffin from. Yeah, but that's uh, from always been how it yeah, is. Yeah, of course. I mean, well, but, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's it, we could say it's always how it how it's been. The reality is there were some schools who did it above board. Uh, Lane's comments they they hit home for me for a number of reasons. He was a you know he he was a head coach in the NFL. He understands the constraints uh, and what that means with a salary cap. You know, given how much cap space you have as a team, how you go about orchestrating that cap, uh, and then how it applies. He was a part of a USC team that got popped for doing a lot of things underneath the table. And so he saw the advantages of it then when they had that sort of capital, maybe now against what he's dealing with in the SEC, where he's 
probably not even a top four school in the SEC in regard, maybe five, six. I mean, when you look at the resources that Ole Miss has in comparison to Texas A&M, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida. I mean, you start naming off teams. A lot of these schools have, let's just put it this way, you know, a higher, higher salary, salary cap, more resources to deal with. So, look, the, the reality is everything he's saying is, is legit. And now you have ways of paying players for their name, image, and likeness above board. But there, it does give you the sense that the schools who tend to have the most money and that sways to the SEC, which if I was to tell you the top three highest recruiting classes ranked for this 2022 class were all SEC teams, would you be surprised by that? No. And, um, and one of the guys who uh, took a great offense to this was uh, Texas A&M head coach uh, Jimbo Fisher. Um, now, Jimbo Fisher, uh, longtime Florida State coach, he never had a number one recruiting class. This according to rivals. Uh, all of a sudden, Texas A&M, who never had a number one recruiting class, at least going it. back to 20 years. They are killing yeah, they've got it a recruiting. They've got a rocket ship for a recruiting class. Well, it's, and, it's a first ever. We've yeah. never seen a school in one class get seven five-star right. players. Yeah. It is the highest recruiting ranking <laughs> we've ever seen according to 24-7 Sports, which has which really is the standard because they have a composite, meaning they take rivals, they'll take ESPN, they take everyone's rankings in their own, and they create a composite ranking, which is the standard now when you're looking at this. It is unlike anything that we've ever seen in recruiting before. And so Jimbo Fisher you know, heard some of the, the conversations and um, felt like he needed to defend himself. So here was the Texas A&M head coach. There is no $30 million fund. There is no $5 million. There is no 10 This is garbage. And it does. It pisses me off. And here it comes from a site called Bro Bible by a guy named Slice Bread. Then everybody runs with it. So it's written on the Internet. It's gospel. How irresponsible is that? And then to have coaches in our league and across this league say it, clown acts. All right. Irresponsible as hell. Multiple coaches in our league. And the guys griping about NIL, griping about transfer portal, using it the most and bragging about it the most. That's the ironic part. You want character? I'll trust. I'll take it with any of y'all. It's a joke. It does piss me off. It's funny when Nick Saban said his quarterback got an $800,000 deal. It was wonderful. Now it ain't wonderful no more, huh? But ours, ours, we ain't got that. Ours are on record what comes up. We ain't doing all them big deals. There ain't none on our place we know of. That's funny when you do it. It's, it's an absolute joke that people put the hard work in and do it. It's irresponsible, but it's funny when they get it, it's all okay. Ball games are changing, man. It ain't because of NIL and what goes on. It's pretty irresponsible of all of them. They're clowns. The hypocrisy is a joke. It's an absolute joke, and it's insulting to, uh, to our staff, how hard we work, to how we do things, and it's insulting to Texas A&M because there ain't a better place to go to school and play ball. If we don't like it, we're coming on. Get used to it. We ain't going nowhere. Yeah, there it is, folks. For Jimbo Fisher. For Damn president. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, why the hell get is he that, so pissed off? Get that man in office. Let's see if sliced bread didn't put it out there with sliced bread. <laughs> okay. Let's find out where it comes from. Sliced bread or not, what's he so pissed off about? I don't get it. I, I, so think, I, think he's, I think he's upset because he feels like they've worked really hard in recruiting to become the number one class ever. It's the first time he's been able to accomplish this. And he doesn't want it to seem like the players, these seven, five star, what, 19, four stars, whatever it was, are all coming to Texas A&M or College Station because of the money. He wants it to be about the 12th man. He wants it to be about the tradition and everything else they have to provide there and his coaching <laughs> staff. He doesn't want to admit that maybe it's just about the money. Do you buy which, it? 
No, I don't buy it. <laughs> I, mean, look, I, think, you I wonder if anybody this. bought that. In, in the state of Texas, you know, you can look at how they go about preparing these things, but <laughs> the truth is sliced bread, home slice, whatever the hell he said the guy's name was, he's not wrong. It's a gigantic fund that they've literally been able to diagnose how they go about doing it. It's a fund where a bunch of donors put in money. They assign then a point donor to each player that is going to receive compensation for their name, image, and likeness. And then that donor helps surround them with other uh, boosters and donors to help facilitate that. I mean, the reality is it's above board. You don't have to be ashamed of it. You know, they've got their 12th Man Foundation. They've started this Amplify program at Texas A&M University to help them educate these kids on taxes and what NIL is and their their social platforms and how they could benefit off that. It's all above board. You don't have to be upset about it, but let's not lie about it either. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen Jimbo Fisher lying about things in the past, especially back when he was with Florida State. Let me find out where it comes from. <laughs> slice bread. <laughs> slice bread. Home slice. Uh, that's a great day. Uh, you're not going to get that many top top recruits without having some really really good bait on the end of you your. Remember hook. when Ole Miss landed like three or four? St- was it Lacron Treadmill? Uh, Treadwell and yeah. um and who was the guy that jumped out of a window because he was so high? Who was the guy? Uh, Robert, Robert Kim DJ. Yeah, a guy, literally yeah. guy was like smoking weed. Literally, was it was synthetic. Yeah, it was synthetic. Whatever he was doing, he yeah. was he, he thought was he was that multiple uh, players now. Yeah, well, yeah. There's a lot of guys who had issues with it, but he got so high that he went from like shampooing God's hair to jumping out of a window. Dang. I mean, he was just on another one. and yeah. He was and, on top of God's and, hair? And that was, Jonas that was, has been that drunk, by the way. I've seen Jonas it, it's, that's, that's a true God's story. Hair. I never jumped out of a window, though. But what the, shampoo do you use on God's head? Oh, uh, Man and Tail. Uh, only the finest. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, okay. say Pert Plus, but again, I'm not here to give out free sponsorship on the air. Point yeah. being, I was just wondering. The point being, Ole Miss, Would God have dandruff? Uh, Ole Miss did this. I bet Jesus does. I bet you his head of hair is perfect. Uh, d- damn right I'm just it is. assuming. Yeah, no blow okay. dryer needed. Uh, o- Ole Miss did the same thing, but it was illegal. A lot of schools have done the same thing. Well, it's now it's not like, illegal. Did you so, not see the, the recruiting class Tennessee put together uh, last year? Did you like Certain schools start to get hot on the recruiting trail. And then, and then a year... Two years, three years, something happened, <laughs> right? Somebody gets elevated, somebody gets fired, somebody doesn't win, somebody a, a, a player doesn't play as much, and somebody it's a booster's son. Something happens that always blows it up. Are we not paying attention? My homeboy just resigned yesterday. Are we paying attention? No, homeboy, and, and homeboy just Pierce. retired, right? Yeah. And and we could go down that rabbit hole of 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 how that went about or how that happened but the bottom line is is once somebody is unhappy with the uh oh wait what their treatment was while they were there then things start to happen emails start to pop up text messages start to pop up ideas of how something went down or check this camera you'll see that this is during a dead period start to things start to pop up that wouldn't have popped up before. That's you want to know what the NIL is about to do? It's about to expose the deep, dark ugliness of how some people operate to get done what they get done. There are plenty of guys around the country that are called handlers and recruiters that these schools use. They're on payroll. 
and they built relationships in certain regions, and they're Cold able runners, to talk. Right? What are they? They've always been around. Runners, yeah, yes, yeah. the agents have them. Schools have them. Then they deliver. They deliver. Their livelihood is is determined by them delivering those top recruits. Yeah, so it, this has always been around. The top it, bidder is going to win. It's not illegal anymore. So why is he complaining? This is like the guy who's... Well, he's a, complaining because he doesn't feel like he has the okay. resources even with it now being a legalized way of approaching things with the he, NIL. He, clearly, he doesn't have as much to offer. But it, it's it, Jimbo Fisher sounds like a guy who's a four, who lands a ten because he's got money and then gets insulted when you say well, it's, you, dude, you drive a Benz. I mean, you got money. Like, why do you think she's with you? No, that's that's not true. You look well, like you a, drive a Benz too, well, you but look, your Benz is a 320. My true. Benz is, is, is a 65. And, and it's a 2006. <laughs> like, dude, you, you look like a gargoyle. She's not going to date you unless you had cash. Like, he's got the cash. It, it's working for him. I get that all why, the time. Why be so upset about it? I don't I got understand. Game, yeah, that's I true. I got game. My that's game is strong. I, I might not be pretty, but yeah, I that's got a good game. point. Okay. I, I just I don't Jimbo understand. Might have game. I, I don't understand why he's getting so upset about it. I mean, take what it is, man. You got an advantage. It's working. It worked. This year, I mean, like revel in it. What, what's the what's the problem? I don't understand. It's weird. Complaining, Jimbo Fisher. I'd said whoever sliced bread is um, living rent free in Jimbo Fisher's head. That's mm. just job yeah, well seriously. done. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. <laughs> 